Live from WNUR News, I'm Daniel Gross. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's November 13th, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News, Northwestern's meal exchange upgrade option, a look into A24's new movie Priscilla, an investigation of student-run bands, and B-List. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. Need a pick-me-up from Norris? Many students use their meal exchanges to grab a bite to eat after class, but not many know or use the new meal exchange upgrade option. Reporters Erica Schmidt and Anavi Prakash look look more into why that is. Hi, can I get a cheeseburger meal exchange? Those are a lot of students' famous last words for the night as they crawl back to their dorms with some chicken tenders. Whether you spend your meal exchanges on the late night trips to Franz or Lisa's, or grab a sandwich at Wildcat Deli for lunch, at one point, almost every student at Northwestern has gotten one. This school year, Northwestern Dining made a change to meal exchanges. You can now upgrade many of the meals with your dining dollars. Some of the options include paying $2 for two cookies, upgrading your Dasani water to a Coke product, and doubling up on hamburger patties. At Buendia and Norris, you can use $3 to upgrade your standard taco or quesadilla meal exchange to a burrito or bowl. Somebody call Chipotle because that sounds like a deal to me. But wait, do students know about these upgrades? Do students use them? We talked to students who grabbed a bite for lunch and dinner. Beanan student Ray Fiella is a sophomore, so he has experienced the change in unused dining meal exchange rules. He admitted that the change was not on his radar. Honestly, I haven't even really looked much at the upgrades. Like, I just get what I get. Plus, Fiella said that he thinks there are better things to spend his dining dollars on. I have not used any of the upgrades just because they're like extra money and I just prefer to use that on Starbucks. Fiella's mindset is also focused on how upgrading is a gateway into doing it again and again once you do it the first time. But I just think about if I were to like the upgrade and then I just have to like keep doing it weekly. So then my dining dollars would just be gone. Similar to Fiella, Weinberg freshman Tolu Anatilo said that she thinks some of the upgrades that she knows of are not worth it. Usually the upgrades are not necessary. They're not desirable <laughs> to upgrade. Specifically at Lisa's, I know it's like pay $2 more to switch from Dasani to Smart Water. Meanwhile, some students think some upgrades are better than others. We caught McCormick freshman Ryan Liu in Norris University Center eating a cheeseburger meal exchange. He said that, Right now, sitting in front of 847 Burger, I would definitely consider getting double patties. Two bucks for an extra patty is a pretty good price, right? But Liu said he hasn't cashed in the dining dollars for that extra patty yet. Maybe now he will. When asking students what their favorite meal exchange was, one answer stuck out. Probably Mod Pizza. Definitely Mod Pizza. Definitely Mod, but the line's way too long sometimes. But Mod Pizza in Norris University Center does not offer similar upgrades to places like Wildcat Deli or Buendia. While we talk to a lot of people that have not used them, what about the people that do? 
Weinberg freshman Thazwar Ahmed upgraded his Brand's Chicken Tenders meal exchange to include loaded fries. The upgrade cost $3. I was pretty happy with it. I knew me and my friends were going to share a bit of the food, so I just thought we could get more fries for just 3 bucks. While Ahmed thought more fries was a good investment, not all upgrades are worth it, especially when it comes to the $1 ones. That's just upgrading your water to a smart water. I, I wouldn't pay a dollar for that. Most of the time, though, Ahmed says he chooses not to upgrade his meal exchanges. I don't usually need that much food. While it seems that a lot of students do not know much about the meal exchange upgrades or, frankly, want to upgrade their meals, hopefully you learned a little bit more about the options you have as a student at Northwestern. From WNUR News, I'm Erica Schmidt. And I'm Anavi Prakash. Moving on to arts and entertainment, A24's Priscilla sheds light on an iconic love story between the king of rock and roll and his young wife, Priscilla. Cara Totley has more on the new A24 film that tries to highlight Priscilla's point of view. A24's newest production, Priscilla, hit theaters. The film tells the story of Priscilla and Elvis Presley as told by Priscilla, played by Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Elordi, respectively. The movie follows Priscilla from when she met Elvis at 14 to when she divorced him at 28. The film is inspired by the 1985 New York Times bestseller Elvis and Me, a memoir Priscilla Presley wrote about her life with Elvis. When Sofia Coppola, the director, writer, and producer of Priscilla, read the memoir, she was aware of the 10-year age gap between the couple. But the book provided her with a new understanding of the significance of the age difference. Coppola's filmography is filled with stories of teenage girlhood. To name a few would be The Beguiled, Marie Antoinette, The Virgin Suicides, and the list goes on. Priscilla is the newest addition. Coppola told Tanya Mosley on NPR's Fresh Air, I felt like my role was just to explain her experience and always go through her point of view and what it was like for her at that age as a teenager. Focusing on Priscilla, Coppola showcases a side of Elvis that is rarely portrayed and often hidden, making for an interesting double feature with Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Elvis, starring Austin Butler in the titular role, came out last year and garnered three Golden Globe nominations and eight Oscar nominations at the 95th Academy Awards. It was a commercial success, grossing over $288 million worldwide. However, like its namesake, Elvis focuses solely on Mr. Presley. Where Lerman amidst the ethically gray details of the king and rock and roll's past, Coppola brings it into the light. As someone who's watched Elvis and noticed that Presley's relationship with Priscilla was barely touched upon, I was interested to see her side of the story, and I'm not the only one. Fellow moviegoer Samantha Powers also wanted to gain that perspective. I think I expected to learn something about people of Presley that we didn't know before. Which is something another moviegoer, Brooke, thought the film provided. I think the main message, it's kind of just to show like another perspective. Everybody knows who Elvis Presley is, well, no matter like how much they know about him, but then just having an entire movie dedicated to Priscilla and like her perspective and everything. But the movie didn't just provide this perspective. It packed many other messages into the film as well. Powers believed... Yeah, a lot of messages about girls of fame. Um, a lot of messages about, you know, getting into a relationship too young. 
a message Glorietta Arthuro, another moviegoer, echoed in her own thoughts on the movie. I think the biggest message of the movie was to live for yourself because her whole life, you know, Priscilla in the movie lived for Elvis was kind of like his muse. And then after she spent a little time away from him with him being in Hollywood and doing his music, she realized that like she was her own person. And so I think the movie is about like living for you. And I think a lot of it was for like viewers to see like how ridiculous a lot of the things that happened was. And then it like makes you reflect when you think about how it's based on a true story on her book. execution of his message wasn't quite the perfect delivery. Everything was focused on like image at the time, rather than like her sloppy feelings, if that makes sense. Just no one really talked in the movie. There was like no dialogue. Um and I felt like the whole thing was really bogged down in like aesthetics as a way to kind of cover up how terrible their relationship was. I would say there were some scenes that made me think, oh this seems a little wattpad-y. After watching the movie myself, these praises and complaints make a lot of sense. In the book, Priscilla is telling her side of the story, but she is still trying to protect Presley, her parents, and herself in the process. Thus, the movie protects them as well, especially when Priscilla is also the executive producer of the film. Creating constraints that Coppola can only slightly hint at without being able to actually fully commit, leaving viewers with the movie that is not complex, but ambiguous at best. For and now, time for oddities. Amidst academics and extracurriculars, some students at Northwestern still find the time to embrace their musical talents. Even with limited rehearsal spaces, dozens of student-run bands have formed across campus. Michelle Wong and Jerry Wu have the story. Almost two weeks ago, the Songwriter Association at Northwestern offered a rare window into the abundance of music talent on campus. Its annual Battle of the Bands event hosted seven student bands featuring indie, pop, and rock music. One by one, the performers showcased hand-selected original songs. Student bands across campus have performed at various campus events, from Mayfest to Battle of the Bands held by WNUR. But how did they form? And how do they make their music and how are they so good? The five-member rock band Revere was one of the bands that showed up to the Battle of the Bands event. The band's origin dates back to a year ago, when the current members had met at a band formation event held by Swan. I think we were all interested in joining a band at that no. point? Yeah. I think I wasn't really thinking about it, but I saw the four of them talking about it and they wanted a vocalist and I was like, yeah, I can do yeah. that. We have the same music taste, so um, we wanted to form a band. That was McCormick Sr. and Nabil Husseini, the vocalist for Revere. He said the band does not just specialize in rock music, but manifests itself in collisions of different realms of music. Yeah, I would describe it as some mesh of punk, metal, grunge, all those different rock genres. We all have different kind of like, tastes within those genres, yeah. and they kind of have melded that together into something. During its rehearsals, the band thrives off its spontaneity said Weinberg's sophomore and Revere's bassist, Rohan Supermanian. All our stuff is original, so like, people bring in ideas and then like, if you like it. Like our most recent idea, like, is like the most like incongruous like, mesh of like genres, but it somehow works. Like, I'm a big Joy Division fan, so I brought in this like, bass lick that had like, that sounded like, like, Joy Division or New Order, and then like, John Run wrote like, it's this like, metal breakdown, and then like, we put it. The band members have grown tighter as the months have gone by. 
Whenever a conflict arises, Weinberg sophomore and guitarist John Ranshu gives his take from experience. We don't want no team chemistry. We just, <laughs> if we have a problem, we just duel by pistol. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Why I'll throw we... people the glove and be like, yeah, yeah, come at me if you don't like my yeah. idea. After their recent performance, the band is looking to increase their performances and exposure. The six-member Theseus, specializing in funk pop music, has recently hit the scene. Student bands traditionally struggle finding places to rehearse. As a junior in McCormick, Ritvik Kara, the band's drummer, said that upon coming to Northwestern, he was met with disappointment at the music scene. Coming into Northwestern, I was super like disappointed with like how little... There was like no culture for like music at all uh, at Northwestern when I first came here, so it's like... The lack of access to practice spaces is insane. Um, I... That's something I'm like super passionate about, which is why I've been like trying to make people more aware of like the facilities that the music fraternity has and like offer it to other people as well. Kara is part of the music fraternity Phi Mu Alpha, which offers a practice space for bands on campus, including Theseus to rehearse. While balancing schoolwork with a commitment to a band, he thinks being part of the band is worth the experience. My major is hard, I don't have a lot of time, but you just kind of have to make time for it, I guess. If it's important enough, you'll make time for it. And so we've all like collectively decided like we're going to have consistent rehearsals just because we like put it in our schedule, we make it every time. Both the band's front woman, senior Lila Jean Burris, and drummer junior Nathan Prine have prior experience as solo artists. Burris started playing guitar and writing songs when she was 17. Her solo releases are on Bandcamp and YouTube. And thanks to his mother, Prine has also been part of the musical world since he was nine taking up drum lessons, and joining his school's band program. For the two musicians, making music in a band was a bucket list item. Pryan explained that he knew the commitment to being a band would push him to perform live, something he has always wanted to do. If I'm booking out the time to be with a band, and they're, I'm accountable to other people for that too, like, I'm going to be able to have the wherewithal to do that, and, you know, basically hold myself accountable for that. Lila Jean saw student band Moontide performed at last year's Battle of the Bands, and that's when she knew. Last year, I thought I could, didn't have time to do Battle of the Bands, but like, it, it just became a dream. Like I saw myself in their shoes. Yeah, I just <laughs> pushed myself to make the time. Time was certainly an obstacle. With the pressure of the quarter system, everyone's differing schedules, even establishing a practice schedule became a game of Tetris. You know, right now it's um, Wednesday at 9 p.m. This is the time that works for our band. Yeah. <laughs> that, that ended up being our weekly rehearsal time just because no other, like, more reasonable time worked. I, I guess that's kind of the nature of being a Northwestern student is that, like, finding time for, oh, I'd love to be in a band, and then suddenly you're looking at your schedule and it's like, okay, where does this fit? Despite the scheduling conflicts and scrappy rehearsal times, both Burris and Prine stand by their band as a meaningful opportunity, one that not only cultivated their musical chops, but allowed them to develop crucial leadership skills as well. I didn't really want the set and the band rehearsals to be all about me and my solo music. I wanted to make sure everybody was having fun, enjoying themselves, and adding their own artistic touches. Um, so definitely a balance with that in my leadership. And more than anything, a memorable performance experience. That was definitely the, the largest crowd that I had performed for and it was super fun and it was a fantastic experience you know at one point I was on the drums and like clapping the sticks above my head and everybody started clapping and I was like man that was cool.
Life at Northwestern can sometimes feel like a never-ending solo adventure, from classes to clubs to side gigs. But in finding each other, these Northwestern student bands have been able to create a bond through music that has been able to stand the test of times and crazy rehearsal schedules. For WNUR News, we're Jerry Wu and Michelle Huang. For this week's B-List, big changes in the entertainment world, new awards categories, studio contracts, and Marvel losing its hold on the box office. Ella Smith has more. Welcome to the B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, Grammy nominations, the end of the actor's strike, and a disappointing opening weekend for MCU's The Marvels. Grammy nominations were announced November 10th. SZA leads with nine nominations owing to the release of her album S.O.S. Behind her, tied with seven nominations, are Victoria Monet, Phoebe Bridgers, and mixing engineer Serban Ganea. The Recording Academy introduced three new categories this year in the hope of creating a fairer nominations and awards process. The new categories are Best African Music Performance, Best Alternative Jazz Album, and Best Pop Dance Recording. Missing from nominations is rising artist Pink Panthers, whose debut album, Heaven Knows, was released this past Friday. The album received mixed reviews, getting a 6.4 out of 10 on Pitchfork. On November 10th, SAG-AFTRA's historic strike ended after 118 days. 86% of the board voted in favor to the tentative agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which will go through its ratification process in the following weeks. The contract covers AI protections for actors, compensation for performances and streaming services, and wage increases. Just weeks after the Writers Guild of America reached an agreement with studios, the end of the strike means a return to sets and press tours for actors, many of whom celebrated the achievement Thursday night. The Marvel Cinematic Universe's latest installment, The Marvels, disappoints at the box office its opening weekend. It grossed a total of $47 million domestically, the lowest for a Marvel movie since 2015's Ant-Man. The film is rated fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with a rating of 62%. Meanwhile, video game adaptation Five Nights at Freddy's surpassed $250 million at the global box office on a budget of $20 million last week. Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, Priscilla, and Killers of the Flower Moon remain in the top five for last week's box office. The New York Giants now have a three-game losing streak after losing 17-49 to the Dallas Cowboys. The 76ers now have an eight-game winning streak after scoring 136 points to the Pacers 126 yesterday. The Chicago Blackhawks lost to the Florida Panthers 3-4 yesterday. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNR News, I'm Ella Smith. A look at the weather for tonight. It's currently 50 degrees in Evanston. Bundle up because after today's warm afternoon, it will be dipping down to 38 degrees before coming back up to a high of 58 tomorrow. Taking a look into the headlines, Northwestern grad workers protested this afternoon against a canceled bargaining session with the university. The meeting was supposed to take place on November 14th and its cancellation may delay the union's negotiation process. The university says the session was canceled because the university needs more time to prepare. While hunting waterfowl in Iowa, a 26-year-old from Illinois was shot in the face by his own friend, who was a member of his hunting party. The victim was picked up by medical helicopter, but unfortunately died en route to the hospital. Though the shooting appeared to be accidental, the Iowa Department of Natural Resources is investigating the death. 
Marianne Trump-Berry, the older sister of former President Donald J. Trump, passed away today at the age of 86. Berry served as a senior judge on the 3rd U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals until her retirement in 2019. Marianne was reportedly not a fan of her brother's tenure in the highest office in the land. The former president now only has one living sibling out of five. Former British Prime Minister David Cameron was appointed Foreign Secretary of the U.K., the move is part of significant overhauls in the British government, including the dismissal of controversial Home Secretary Suella Braverman. The former six-year Prime Minister was appointed to the House of Lords as part of the move, as he was not currently part of the government. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news, updates, and reports, follow us on Twitter or X at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website wnurnews.org. That's wnurnews.org. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Mika Ellison, and our reporters are Erica Schmidt, Anavi Prakash, Kara Totley, Michelle Wong, and Jerry Wu. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Daniel Gross. Catch our next newscast on November 17th, 2023 at 6 p.m. Now back to scheduled programming.